0: You're listening to Socks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found, and always at Socksinthebasement.com. I've had so many things rattling around my head from the fact that we've got arbitration, to the fact that my father just out of the blue bought a 20 game plan. <laughs> he's like, like after he, he's, he's like I'm up-
1: never, I'm never giving this team any money again. Yeah.
0: And he, then I bought season tickets. Yeah. He, he drank enough of the Kool-Aid this offseason. He's in. Okay. <laughs> Dad's in. He's ready to spend money. I think it's hysterical. So I wanted to kind of talk about that, and and I want to talk a little bit about you want to talk about a little bit about Nick Mandrigal. in what's, second base. What's yeah. going to happen at second base, and we could talk a little bit about that. Plus, White Sox did a lot with their player development in the minor leagues. They made a bunch of announcements on Monday, and we have actually one of their new members, a guy brought into Double A to help with hitting, hired away from the Red Sox organization, local guy. His name is Devin DeYoung. He's going to be on the program today as of, well. Of Windy City Thunderbolts. He, he was on the. He was Windy City Thunderbolts at why, one point. Why, you know, right? just
1: because? Hey, I used to live in Crestwood, so hey, go Thunderbolts! <laughs> I could walk to the ballpark. <laughs> hey, man, dollar dollar beer and dollar hot dog day on Thursdays. Hey, yeah. man, you and,
0: and wrestling. So here is what I want to start with first. I want three minutes. It might get to five, where I explain why what happened with the Houston Astros this week, and the terrible decision by Major League Baseball to only suspend the general manager and the manager for a year they were fired right afterwards affects White Sox fans in fact it should upset White Sox fans more than any other fan base in Major League Baseball Except maybe the Dodgers, who lost a World Series as a result of this, they yeah, could be upset right. as well. But I'm going to tell you why White Sox
1: fans should be annoyed. so. So I, somebody I have not followed the story too closely. Like I know of it, so give me the reader's digest version. All right, here.
0: Monday it comes out the report from Major League Baseball about what happened with the Astros stealing, stealing signs. signs. They were using replay. Uh, they were they had monitors set up. The, they were re, they were figuring out how to steal the signs, and then they were using like garbage cans to bang on the can. Like they'd be like, "This is the pitch to look for when you hear the garbage can banging." Then you know that the pitch is coming, so guys know what's coming and know what to lay off of. You can find all kinds of home runs by Alex Bregman where you hear this bang, 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 bang in the background while the crowd is cheering, and then all of a sudden he hits a bomb because <laughs> wow. he knows what's coming. So the report comes out for Major League Baseball, and the report essentially says the players came up with it. Carlos Beltran is heavily involved in this thing. Okay. The the players come up with this and a lot of the staff in the background. Now the manager knows about it. And the manager, AJ Hinch gets angry enough that he actually breaks the equipment that they're using the cheat several times, but never does anything else. Never even reports it to the general manager. Supposedly the GM and the manager are fired. All of the players will get away. scot free with no suspensions. Interesting. Okay. Wow. Oh, The players will get it. This is why this is insulting. This is insulting to me as a White Sox fan. This is insulting to me as a baseball fan. And the reason why it's not enough is that this commissioner of Major League Baseball seems to have no intention of letting Pete Rose back into the game. This commissioner of Major League Baseball has no intention of letting shoeless Joe Jackson get into the Hall of Fame or clearing Buck Weaver's name If you're going to say we're not punishing any players, even though they participated, basically saying they're children, they're children. They don't know any better. They're just players. They're just dumb, stupid players. They don't know they're cheating. Why would we punish them? If we punish them, we wouldn't get a lot of revenue from Houston. Why? Because Jose Altuve wouldn't be out there anymore. And Alex Bregman wouldn't be out there anymore. And George Springer wouldn't be out there anymore. And all these people that we keep doing all these commercials for wouldn't be out there anymore. That would hurt us. So we're going to act like they're just innocent participants. It's their dad's fault, the, the manager. It's their grandfather's fault, the general manager. It's not their fault. Well, if that's the take you're going to have on it, Rob Manfred... If that's the take you're going to have on it, Major League Baseball, then put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Okay? Put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame because he didn't do anything that was as bad as this. He didn't steal a World Series from another fan base. He didn't do anything that bad. Julius Joe Jackson hit over 400 in the 1919 World Series. He's guilty because he was in the room when they were discussing throwing it and he didn't report it. And Buck Weaver had nothing to do with it with the 1919 Black Sox. There are plenty of other people that have been blackballed by Major League Baseball for doing far less than what these players did. And they're not going to take one day of suspension. Not one day. And that's why it's ridiculous to me. That's why it's not enough. If you're going to be a sport that talks about history and how you protect the integrity of the game, if you're going to be the sport that says that even though Barry Bonds even though Barry Bonds would have been a Hall of Famer before he started taking horse steroids and his head swelled up to three times the size of the planet Mars. If you're going to be that sport that's going to say even though Roger Clemens was a Hall of Famer before he started cheating, he's not going in. Then why? Why is Jose Altuve starting on day one? Why is Alex Bregman starting on day one when there's videotape of him? There's literally videotape of him up at the plate while somebody's banging a garbage can. There, there, you could find the breakdowns everywhere. All these guys were involved but they're not going to be touched because they're, they're, they're children. They're just naive. They're naive players. I mean, you know, you know what you were like at the age of 30 like George Springer. You didn't know what was going on in the world. You were a babe in the woods. Give me a break. This is a joke. I've been
1: saying this for a while. Like, if you're going to keep Pete Rose out, but then you're going to sweep under the rug things like this, or if you want to go back about 10 years, if you're going to sweep under the rug the whole steroid era thing, you're right, it's not fair now there's something that it's keep I keep thinking of something like as you're describing this to me, this is very similar to another sport, another town you know another team, another town that that I follow because of my wife. This is very similar to. The New Orleans Saints bounty gate thing and how the NFL reacted to that, and that left such a bad taste in my mouth that I stopped watching football for a very long time because it was just handled so, so incorrectly, in my opinion. When you hear me, when I hear you talk about this with the Astros, it just it it, it's bringing back all of that. So yes, I get it. I get the anger. I see why you're upset
0: about this. You have every right as a baseball fan to be upset about this because Major League Baseball copied the NFL. And how they disciplined here, right? Instead of copying their own precedent of 130 plus years of baseball, it, it, it's insulting to me. And you know where this really comes down to? This, this comes down to what the commissioner is now compared to what the commissioner used to be. Remember Kennesaw Mountain Landis was brought in after the 1919 Black Sox scandal. Trust me, you can find movies and books and you can go. I used to go to the Chicago Historical Society when I was writing a paper on it in high school. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you can find all the details in this. What happens is everybody knows they cheated. The owner knows they cheated. The manager is angry at them, but they're good. And it was a thing that was happening all throughout baseball, which it sounds like this might be happening with other teams. Okay. Currently, you're, ta- you're talking about the Astros, not the not the
1: 19 Sox. Just to clarify, you're no, no, talking no. about the, the 19 Astros. Sox.
0: There were guys that were throwing games; that was a regular thing. If you okay. go back and you look at it, there were teams that would throw regular games, but okay. the World Series had never been thrown before. Okay. And in this case, we've had teams that use, you know, have stolen signs. There probably are other teams that are doing it in a Major League Baseball, but this affected the outcome of a World Series. The parallels are so similar to this entire thing. The only difference is. Whereas the White Sox played the 2020 season and would have probably gone on the play of the 1920 World Series if not for a new commissioner being brought in because baseball had this stain on it for not doing anything to them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they looked bad. That's the only reason Landis came in. And Landis only agreed to do it if he was there for life. And, he, and they had no influence over him. And until Abe bartlett Giametti died suddenly in office and Bud Selig came in, commissioners were stronger. Hence, Pete Rose. Right. Okay. But now the commissioner serves almost like Roger Goodell does for NFL, at well, the pleasure the, of the b- owners. Because
1: because the way it is in the NFL, it's the owners that elect the commissioner, and and I'm pretty sure it's that way in baseball. Is it not?
0: Well, and and here's the thing. the The bottom line to this entire thing is baseball showed itself to be weak by doing this. Hmm. Free shoeless Joe Jackson. Free Buck Weaver. Free Pete Pete Rose, Rose. okay? Because if this is what your standard is, if Jose Altuve is going out there and Alex Bregman's going out there and these guys are going to take no punishment at all for cheating the game, you've embarrassed the sport and you've let down the fans. This is so similar to 1919. A World Series, after a full season of baseball, was tainted and the results are tainted. And 100 years ago, they did the right thing and they threw out the black Sox. right and a hundred years later they're doing the wrong thing by kicking out a general manager that didn't even know anything about i mean think about if this commissioner handled 1919 oh jeez the manager well, of the white Sox would have been the it would have been, it'd been one man out because <laughs> comiskey was the owner and he didn't even have a gm it'd be one man out instead of eight men out it'd be one man out and would it have been fair absolutely positively no way would it have been fair it's not fair here I want to make a quick announcement. Those on Twitter already know about it. Socks in the Basement, starting on March 1st, officially sponsored by Cork and Carry at the Park. You're going to start seeing the logo on the uh, Socks in the Basement podcast image whenever you're playing everything. You'll hear all about Cork and Carry at the Park. You'll see us out at Cork and Carry at the Park. It's now the new home base for Sacks in the Basement listeners and and Sacks in the Basement itself. So we're very, very excited about this. There'll be more details about this to come out. I'm excited to be part of the whole thing. Cork and Carrie at the Park is excited to be a part of the entire thing. This feels like a really good partnership that I think is going to benefit everybody involved and give us more of a chance to be out there right around the ballpark much more often. And it's going to give us a little bit of an influx here in resources to be able to continue to grow the show, make it bigger. I know a lot of people have been clamoring for two days a week. That's really starting to become a possibility later on down the line. Before we get into Nick Madrigal, Dad bought a 20-game plan.
1: (laughs) I'm still laughing about this. I
0: I mean, just out of the blue. He's like, yeah, I bought season
1: tickets. So this is what
0: he does. I call him up last week, and I go, hey, I'm thinking about getting a plan. I'm going to get it through the the podcast. Do you want to go in on it with me? And he's like, yeah, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. And I'm like, I want to sit in the outfield. I like the outfield reserves. I like being on the lower deck. I don't want to be in the bleachers. I like being in the outfield reserve. The price is right. That's what I'm thinking about doing. All right, I'll think about it. I, I hassle them all weekend long. Okay. Hey, let me know if you want to do this. I tell them on Saturday. On Sunday, I say, you know, they're going to be putting individual tickets out on Wednesday, which meant the presale was on Tuesday. I'm like, they're going to be putting the individual tickets out. We got to do this soon if we're going to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll give you a call tomorrow. Calls me on Monday morning. I bought 20 games. I said, you what? He's like, yeah, I bought him in a 300 level. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't want to do the 300 level. He's like, yeah, it's on me. I'm like, what? <laughs> nice. He's like, it's like the old days. He's completely drunk to Kool-Aid. He's spending money. And he said, this is the same guy to stop buying beer in the middle yeah, of a I game last this. year. I was going to Jerry Reistrope was cheap, and he was never buying another beer again. What an off season. Because you took, you took Dan and got him to buy season tickets for the first time in a decade. He's back in 2020. Well, I mean, look,
1: if there, is, if, if there is some takeaway from this ridiculous story you're telling me about your dad. <laughs> hey, man, if you spend it, they will come.
0: Yeah, he came. If a you thing. spend
1: it, if you spend the money, if you bring the people, if you bring the talent... They will come, man. Yeah. You know, spend money to make money, dude. My, my, so. my ticket
0: agent's going to be very upset because he calls me like every week and he goes, are we going to buy any? I'm like, I'm just waiting on my dad. I'm seeing whether or not he wants to be in or if I'm oh, buying him on my own. And now the guy's going to call me. I'm like, yeah, dad already bought the tickets. I'm so sad. Every offseason, Major League Baseball teams start going out and making moves that don't make the front page headlines. And they make a lot of moves that go into their minor league organization, such as player development. One of the moves that was made just recently is the White Sox going out and getting a new player development guy by the name of Devin DeYoung. And Devin is on the phone lines with us right now. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Uh, good. I appreciate you coming on the line. Now, first of all, you're a local guy, right? You're like right on the Indiana-Illinois border.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm in I'm in St. John, Indiana, um, and I grew up in South Holland, Illinois, so I was probably 20 minutes from Sox
0: Park. And uh, along with several other organizations, you actually uh, were with the Thunderbolts at one point, the Windy City mm-hmm. Thunderbolts. And you just came from the Red Sox organization. So before we jump into what you're doing with the White Sox this year, was the Windy City Thunderbolts like your first one because, you know, it's close to your area, or how did you end up there?
2: Uh, in 2015, I signed a, a player's contract with the Rockland Boulders and the Can Am League, uh, which just merged with the Frontier League. And uh, I was a professional player for about five seconds. And then. Uh, <laughs> I was, I was so good at playing that they asked me to coach instead. <laughs> uh, so uh, so I, I immediately got into coaching at the professional level. I was helping out with the scouting workout for the Arizona Diamondbacks in Crestwood at uh, Standard Bank Stadium. And uh, the manager there said, hey, you want to you wanna be on my staff? So then I spent two seasons with the Windy City Thunderbolts.
0: How exciting is it to go into an organization that has so much young talent that we're starting to see now come to the majors in Chicago, but there's still guys down there. There's going to be guys that if you work on them, and, and and they figure something out, they're right there. They're they're ready to take that next step almost, and they're either going to end up on the Major League roster very soon or they're going to end up as somebody that gets moved because some other team's going to say that's a Major League-ready player and the White Sox are looking for something. But they, you have Micah Adolfo down there, and Mike is one of those guys that gets mentioned from time to time as he could end up on the Major League team, and he's already on the 40-man roster. Have you looked at some of these guys and said, uh, these are guys I want to focus on. These are guys I want to meet. These are guys I want to help. Like how much do you know already about the roster that you're going to be joining?
2: Well, when I, when I'm dealing with players, I want to help everybody. Um, I don't, I I try to give everybody just as much attention and compassion. The big thing for me is getting to know the players on a personal level and uh, developing a relationship with these guys just so I can connect with them, but uh, by no means do I have the golden ticket uh, but I'm, I'm definitely just willing to help
0: How much do you subscribe to the new era of analytics and how much how much do you look at like you know computer graphics uh, you know like you know, what a guy's launch angle is uh,
2: what The more we dive into uh, biomechanics and analytics? And data collection. Uh, the more we realize, our eyes do lie to us. So I try to get a complete picture uh, from every angle, as much information as possible. And I'll, you know, with a specific player, I'll dive in for two, three days just so that I can answer one question for these guys. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm driven by by analytics and and all the metrics. Uh, but I'm I'm more I'm more worried about the human element because we're dealing with people, not products.
0: Do you get a mandate from the team from above where they say this is our organizational philosophy on certain things? Like you hear from certain organizations like we subscribe straight to launch angle or we have a specific. We want guys to learn something in the minors so that as they come up and they get to the majors, we're doing it the same way. Do they kind of give you like an outline like this is White Sox baseball?
2: Um, Yeah, there's always... There's always some sort of a philosophy wherever you go. With the White Sox, it seems like they are constantly trying to better their organization. So that that was a big piece of uh, why I wanted to be involved.
0: Devin, I know that you you got you know I don't want to keep you forever, and I really appreciate you jumping on and talking with me. Uh, I hope that you enjoy Birmingham this year. We we talked to a few people down in Birmingham. Enjoy that. I'm sure it'll be uh, uh, really really warm in the summertime <laughs> down there. Yeah. But you know, uh, have have a blast, and you know, one of these days, maybe we'll get you uh, here to the nine foot homemade oak bar in Evergreen Park where I'm at on the south side, and we could talk a little bit more sure. baseball once you get your feet wet with the White Sox.
2: For sure. Yeah, if I if I could just say quickly, uh, my background was in independent baseball, and for anybody listening, these these indie ball guys are, are grinding hard. Just like just they they may be grinding harder than than affiliated guys who grind harder than anybody. But any Southside people out there, go go check out a Windy City Thunderbolts game. I'm, I'm forever grateful forever in debt to the Windy City Thunderbolts organization do that for me
0: <laughs> and they do wrestling i think on like wednesdays or thursday nights i've been there for that as well
2: i'll i'll tell you what man that the the wrestling thursdays the white castle wrestling is awesome man <laughs> it is awesome you get you get a minor league baseball game then professional wrestling afterwards and you can usually catch the players up on uh up by up by the 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 ring and you can interact with them a little bit.
0: I always love when they bring like an old WWE star from like the early nineties out there. And at that point, yeah, now man. the game, at that point, the game has ended. Everybody, everybody's been sitting out in the, in the stands, having a couple of brews and it gets to be kind yeah. of a really fun time to watch that.
2: Yeah. You get to, uh, you, you get to meet some pretty cool people. Like we had Booker T come out and, um, Jake, the snake came out and it's, it's pretty awesome. It's, it's, you grew up watching WWE or whatever it's called now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Changes constantly. Well, I, I appreciate yeah. you coming on, Devin, and uh, good luck to you this year, and we hope to hear from you again soon. All right. Thank you. Hey, this is Acoustic Mike from
1: Broadcast Basement, and you're listening to Socks in the Basement with Chris and his buddy Dave. I did the Broadcast Basement with Chris for 10
0: years, and nobody gave me a show I'd leave if I had anything else to do with my life. Remember the Broadcast Basement is available everywhere podcasts can be found and always at broadcastbasement.com. Danny Mendick, second base. Let's talk about. Is that it. what's happening here? I mean, what, what well, cuz cuz I All right, here
1: was Here's a, my
0: theory, but I want Here's hear what,
1: what I Here's what I would like to happen. I would like what I would like to happen in my perfect world is that Nick Madrigal comes out, has a hell of a spring training and he forces the issue and he is and service time be damned, he is your starting second baseman uh on opening day. Do I realistically think that's going to happen? No. Because number 1, I think he would have to have a hell of a spring training in order for the Sox to negate the service time thing. Um and even if he had a uh, uh, um, uh, reasonably good spring training. I think the White Sox will still use the argument of what you know. They'll they'll still find some reason to keep him down there for that that time to where they don't lose a year of service time. So do I do I want him to be your starting second baseman opening day? Yes. Do I think it's going to happen? No. So my question then is: Assuming that he's not going to be. What do you do? What do you put up there? Do you put do you put a Danny Mendek platooned with a Leary Garcia at second base, or are you going to go out and are you going to get like a stopgap, like some sort of veteran dude just as a placeholder until? You know, Madrigal gets there.
0: What do you think, Chris? Well, first of all, it's stupid to do service time with Nick Madrigal because he's never going to command the kind of money that you would need to play service games. I agree. And that's stupid. Secondly, we already know, and we've said this before on the show, there are people that are closer to the organization who have told me that Ricky Renteria wanted Louis Robert and Nick Madrigal up at the back end of last year and was frustrated that he didn't have them up there. Right. So Ricky wants... Mads at second base. And if he plays really well, it'll be the manager and the organization, possibly in some sort of a tug of war. And it'll be interesting to see is Ricky the kind of guy. Remember Ozzy and used to just go right to the press, <laughs> right? He's just go right to the press. Like, well, he's a really good guy. I don't One, know what he's thi- G- thinking. Only he right, you know? would be on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, wouldn't it be great? I mean, like I would love for Ricky to just get a little Ozzy in him and kind of, kind of force the issue in spring training. I'd be pretty proud of him if he was able to pull something like that off. So, I would still like to see him break with the team, and there's a lot of me that thinks he will. But if he doesn't, I think it's Danny Mendick just sitting at second base. I don't know if they're going to go out and get somebody else. I I find it interesting. Mendick is listed; he's going to be at Saksfest. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you know they're 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 trotting him out there because they see him as part of the team. I don't think that he would be. You know, signing autographs or sitting in a symposium or whatever they're going to end up doing with him, if they didn't say this guy has an excellent chance of making the roster. I don't think Leury Garcia is likely to be playing second base. I mean, you might see Ricky, you know, if he if depending on what he thinks of Mendick, he might not like Mendick. So he goes, okay, you're going to give me this guy. I'm going to play Leury at second. It'll be that'll be the interesting dynamic because I think in the end it's going to be the organization trying to tell the manager this is what we want. And if the manager doesn't like it, you might see the manager do something different with what he sends out there. So it, it, that, it's a really interesting storyline. We don't
1: have a big enough si- sample size of Danny Mendek, in my opinion, is the problem. We we sang the praises of Danny, ladies' man Mendek. Oh, you know, he opens up shirt, the halfway at the top. open, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. We were when September ladies, ladies when September call ups happened. We were like, look, Ricky. Enough with Yolmer already. All right. We know that Yolmer is not going to be here. Stop playing him every day. Let's see what Mendek can do. If they're not going to bring up Madrigal for September call ups, which they didn't, then at least see what you got with Mendek. And in my opinion, we did not see enough of him. So, what, but what we saw.
0: We I mean, really he, liked. Right. I mean he I mean beyond didn't just beyond
1: just beyond just his you know, beyond just his you know, machismo and his, you. and his chest hairs
0: and, and everything. He, Danny so gives we what well, we saw
1: we saw baseball that we liked out of him. Yeah,
0: Danny Mendick gives me thoughts that I haven't had in years. I mean he's he's he had thirty nine at bat. <laughs> hey Chris, it is twenty twenty. It's okay to it's okay to make those <laughs> he, thoughts public. He had Thirty-nine can, at bats. Can... He uh he he had two home runs. Uh he hit three oh eight. With a 787 OPS at second base and a very short sample size. So I am I have no problem trotting him out there because I know Madrigal eventually coming. And this is probably something that only lasts a couple of weeks if he doesn't start the season right away. So I, I'm not upset if they don't go out and get another second baseman. That wouldn't make me angry. No. Like I'm not going to be like pitchforks and screaming about it and... I think I would accept it if Danny Mendick's out there. And you have Leary as the Swiss Army knife this year. I I expect him to be used even more like that. Uh, we've talked about the fact that Adam Angle can platoon out in right field, and I think he's going to be on the team as well. So you have a you have a couple of nice little pieces that could kind of be moved around on the team. I think spring training is going to indicate a lot about Danny Mendick. Like, is he taking everything at second base? Do they have him try any other kind of utility role just to kind of try him out and see if something happens, or is he just straight up at second? because you know, they're going to be preparing for the entire season on this thing. I th- they know what Nick Madrigal is. They know. We've all seen what he is. I right. mean, they know what he is. He doesn't have a lot of pop, and maybe they want to keep him down to AAA because they honestly think that there's something that can be done, but they might want to get him up here with their new hitting coach as well. So it, that'll, be the, that'll be the interesting thing. I, I find The whole thing that I find interesting about the White Sox this year is what they did in the offseason that hasn't gotten a lot of press. And the thing they haven't gotten a lot of press on is – what they've changed with their minor league player development. They went out and made an announcement on Monday. Right, they've made a lot of this. changes. They have, a, they have a new manager at AAA. They have a new manager at A. They've gone out to get guys for player development, like our guest, Devin DeYoung. A lot of these guys have to do with hitting. One of the biggest problems the White Sox have is that their prospects are very top-heavy. And there's a lot of guys who seem to have stalled that we thought were going to be. I mean, remember, Blake Rutherford at one point was a top 50 prospect on MLB Pipeline. Yeah. He's not already seen anymore. There are guys that showed a lot of promise, but then had weird second halves. There's a reason that Omar Vizquel was removed. There's a reason why there's a shakeup in the minor leagues. The Sox are saying there should be more. Some of these guys, when we're seeing across the board in the minors some problems, we're bringing in other guys. Okay. And Devin said it, the White Sox do have a basic plan about what they want you to do, and they want guys to succeed and to thrive. Chris Getz has looked at something and said, we need to make sweeping changes.
1: Those are the kinds of things that the White Sox typically don't do. Again,
0: something else to be happy with. Exactly. Okay, they're they're making change. They're saying, hey... Not all these prospects are working out. The guys are up at the top. We're not worried about them. So we're going to see if we can do something different with these other guys.
1: We have bemoaned the White Sox player development uh, through the minor leagues for years. Dude, like when was the last, what was the last position player that came up through the Sox minor league system that ended up, you know, coming up and being anything? It was like Joe Creedy.
0: I'm looking at dad's schedule here for his 20 games and I got opening day which is amazing. Okay. I'm pretty pumped about that. So I, I have opening day and he can't go. So I'm going opening day. As a result of that, since I'm going to the game and I talked to our new sponsors, Cork and Carrie at the park, we're going to do something over the weekend. So opening weekend, we're going to be at Cork and Carrie at the park. I think we're leaning towards the Saturday right now. Okay. We're going to have that short up very soon with you, but we've already had talks with them. The Sox and the basement will be out there because it's all day games. And that's just a fun weekend. And people will be all partying because it's opening weekend. And so that should be like a fun event. So, but I'm going to, I get to go to opening day, which is really cool. I've got a Twins game coming up here in April on a Friday night. What is the opening day? What, what, what? Thursday, March 26th at 1 p.m. against the Royals. And then they usually,
1: and then they usually have the Friday off. Uh, and the then Friday the, off in case okay. there's a rain
0: out. And then the Saturday. They'll do Saturday, yeah. Sunday to finish that series. And those are all day games. They'll all be day games, okay. the entire thing. Okay. So I've got that one. Unfortunately, I've got two Royals games, but at least it's probably two wins except the White Sox (laughs) normally suck on opening day, but I expect an energy in that ballpark, and maybe the team will just be super pumped up and it'll it'll, just jump right off. Who knows? But I do like the fact that I have two Twins games on Friday nights. I got Twins on Friday, July 24th, and Twins on Friday, April 10th. Those will be fun games. Very nice. Yes, yes. I, I don't care that I don't have a Cubs game. I, it doesn't really bother me at all. I think that sometimes you go out there and it's amateur hour and everybody's just fighting, and I'm not interested at all. But I have <laughs> I have two twins games and I have two Indians games, and I think those are those are and we and and then I get a lot of beat up the Tigers games. I think I count three of them in his plan that he ended up with, and I get a Dodgers on September the eighth, which well, is let's hope let's hope they beat up for, the Tigers. Right, for Jesus. the Dodgers game, I'm gonna st- I'm gonna get a sign that says you guys should have won the 2017 World Series, and I'm nice. just gonna hold it up. That's what I'm going to do.
1: Whatever you do, don't get a garbage can out there and start banging on it. You're going to give them PTSD. <laughs> or actually, you know what? Do that. Do that. Yeah. Throw
0: them off. Psych like, them out. Like that should be the way that people deal with the Dodgers this year when they come into town. There should be garbage can day where you hand it out and people just bang on the garbage cans. Or at least when the Astros show up, they should be doing it. If somebody in Major League Baseball doesn't come up with the garbage can banging, like I'm calling on Section 108 right now. Oh, I those want, guys will do it. I want those garbage guys will cans. do it. I'll go out there with it. We're going to get some garbage Garbage cans, that Dodger game would be a fun game to just stand out there and bang garbage cans every time that their pitchers are on the mound. right? Just, like, get them all freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement.
2: Socks in the
1: basement. Socks in the basement. basement.
2: Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always on SocksInTheBasement.com.